Hello and welcome to the Rangers Journal. I'm your host, Scott Mackay, and I've, I'm delighted to be joined by uh, a few special guests today who are coming on board on the podcast. Um, we'll just get through and quickly say hello. Ross, how are you doing, mate? All good, thanks, Scott. I think it's a great day to start the pod today. I think we're all in a jubilant mood. Um, right. Maybe if you just started two months ago, we'd have all hung up by now. But, but pleasure to be here. Pleasure to be top of the league. Uh, good stuff, mate. Good stuff. Dean, how are you doing, mate? Thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me. I'm absolutely top of the world, as I said. It's um, it's a good day to be a Rangers fan. Aye, definitely, definitely. Stevie, how are you getting on, mate? I'm great, mate. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Pleasure to be here. Good stuff. Good stuff. And last but not least, Tomo, Tommy, Tommy, how are you getting on? Aye, brilliant again. Thanks for thanks for having me. Um, yeah, nice sunny day here and uh, going top of the league. Good day to uh, have a chat. Aye. Aye, good stuff. Good stuff. Um, right, Ross, I'll come to you. We'll start, uh, we'll get through the lineup first. Um, obviously, Cortez, Silva, and Diamandi all kind of got their first starts together in the league in the January signings. Um, Scott Wright and Borna Barisic come in to, for a wee bit of a, a surprise amongst the Rangers support with Scott Wright. And um, we were talking about him yesterday, actually. Were you, were you surprised at the lineup? Um, I think with it being a, a, a must-win game, um, I was slightly surprised, yeah. I think, uh, look, we, we, we've all grown to recognise that Clement will not be afraid to, to rotate players and give them the time to recuperate, especially with the condensed kind of matches that we've got at the minute. So, look, I was probably surprised to see um, Diamande starting, given that Lawrence has been you know, really performing out of his skin in recent weeks. Um, but look, we, we, we've got to come to terms with the fact that Clement's training these day in, day out. He's seeing the performances come on. We need to be given minutes to these lads to get them up to speed. Um, I think Borna Barisic, you know, if, if we're talking about performances today from from those lads, I think Borna, uh, again, probably showed a bit of frailty in his positioning. I think he was probably caught out a couple of times and, and usually... If that happens, he gets pass marks because of his deliveries into the box. But I thought we never really unlocked that 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 kind of option uh, down the left. But look, encouraging to see Cortez in. I think he's a real live wire and must be a real nightmare to defend against. Um, albeit we didn't create loads in the first half, I thought he always was an option on that left wing. And there was one or two times that McGowan was scrambling to get the ball when I think Lundstrom and, and uh, Goldson were trying to pick him out at the start. But look, really encouraging. I think we can trust the lads that are coming in. Scott Wright on the other hand, maybe. That's a different conversation for another day. Um, uh, I would suggest. Aye, aye, definitely, definitely. Dean, um, Ross is touching upon Scott Wright here. Did they do anything in that first half for you? Obviously, he gets subbed off at half time. Can you see any positives for Scott Wright going forward, or, or is it Ross McCausland's jersey? Unfortunately, I can't see any positives for Scott Wright. I beg the question: What does he actually bring to the side? Um, OBE's had. One or two flashes of brilliance in the past Scottish Cup final, for example. But other than that, you're really you're, you're really clutching at straws, aren't you? And I'd uh, asked the crate like people were obviously questioning it earlier on on the group chat, and somebody had said, "Given Ross a race, which in hindsight you've got to look at that as being you've got things have got to be objective, haven't they? And I think it's massive credit to the side because we're winning games now, whereas. Is, is as good as being down to 10 men with Scott Wright playing, isn't it? Do you know? So a massive credit to the to the manager for taking the gamble with him and, you know, resting Ross and 
but in Scott Dyke play for 45 minutes. Yeah, so that's that's it's Rossi's it's Rossi's jersey for the for the remainder of the season. Um and keeping him fits essential. So Kenny does make sense given Scott Wright minutes here and there to be able to have Ross McCausland a bit more durable, I would say. Aye, definitely, definitely. I think I think the 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 youth pathway in terms of well, I don't even know if we've got a youth pathway for the for the B team at the first team just now, to be honest with you. I think that's you could do a whole pod on that on its own. Um in terms of McCausland, my hand on my come on to hand on him properly with, with bringing him out and uh, getting him a wee bit of time on the bench. I think my, my, I think once McCausland adds numbers to his game, I think you're going to see um a potential a, a, a big a big asset, big asset for a club. Um Steve Aon, uh, obviously Borna Barisic comes back in. In me, he was a solid six out of ten. He wasn't anything, anything spectacular. It's it come to, it was quite underwhelming. Is probably a word I would say for mm. Borna. But for me, as long as he's the end of last season, we've seen Kent and Morelos sort of down tools to extent. So for me, having Borna coming in and, and contributing just by being reliable, I think it'll I think all parties will be quite happy to shake hands yeah. and and That's... move on in the summer without any sort of bitter taste in the mouth. Yeah, I think the day was kind of typical for him, to be fair. We've seen that performance before, but whereas with him, it was different from Morelos and Kent. He's got Croatia at the back of his mind, so he wants to finish the season strongly. You know, he wants to make that squad. Um, just touching a wee bit on Scott Wright, I, thought, I mean, yeah, I tend to agree, he was, he was pretty rotten today, but, you know, he's been dropped in after how many games it? So I wouldn't have totally write him off yet. Um, but I, I, I concur what he's saying about um, how he's handled McCausland. Um, you know, he's been so consistent in managing this today. Maybe have a wee 45 minutes off and get him back in. But the fact that he's been so consistent, that's impressive. Like, Clement just knows exactly what he's doing with him. But yeah, sorry, circle back. Yeah, I think Barisic will be fine at the end of the season. He'll give his all. Um, I don't know, is it Barisic for away games in Red Van for games at Ibrox, maybe? But I like the way he's, he's kind of switching up at the back. That's good. Aye, aye, definitely. For me, as long as he's doing, uh, as long as he's he's doing his job at the best of ability, I think everybody will be kind of, yeah. we'll, we'll part on on good terms with each other. Do you know what I mean? Instead, like Ken Morello yes. left to give a, give a, everything he support was quite frustrated with him, mm-hmm. how it happened, etc. I mean, um, where are they? You know, I mean, I think you could use them as an example. Of players, you know, it's like you think you've got to leave them going to bigger and better things, but ninety nine percent of the time they do not. So I know, I appreciate I know, being I, that's very true. Um, Tomo, I'll come to you on um, obviously Cortez Silva and Diamondi came into the, the lineup today. Star of the show for me was Diamondi. Um, what was your to me, Cortez gave a kind of traditional winger performance today where he was effective for spells and he was ineffective for other spells. What's your thoughts on the three of them? Um, I think the three of them are going to bring quite a lot to this to the squad and the team. Um, they've replaced, you know, replaced Lammers pretty much with Silver, and I think Silver's movement is on a different level once he starts getting sort of in, in with Campwell, Lawrence getting on the same wavelength. We'll see, hopefully, see a few more goals from him. Um, Cortez, I'm, I'm excited about he. I like the way he comes inside when when the ball's out the other side, out the right. He's coming in, trying to make that extra striker, looking for the opportunities, you know, looking for the, the balls into the back post there. 
Um, he looks he looks like a real live wire. Um, not afraid to take a man on, and especially when Seymour got injured, it was almost like a, you know, oh, what, what's happening here? But he's come in and Touchwood would not miss Seymour that much, which at the time would have been something we couldn't have thought of. And Diomandi just looked to be full of energy, good touch, kept things simple, broke forward. Um, seemed to play between that. We play that two holding midfielders, and he seemed to have a little bit more license to get up and, and support. I don't think we really need two holding midfielders for 90% of the, the Scottish games. But he, he looked really exciting. So I think, as I say, all three of them are going to bring a lot um, to the squad for the rest of the season. Aye, definitely. I think the, the three January signings are they're all looking relatively promising just now. They've all made a, a, a good start at life at Ibrox. Um, Ross, I'll come back to you. The pitch of the um, conditions at Park when they come on, spoke kind of midweek about how like, even when they went to St Mern Park, it was what St Mern herself are wanting to get, a, to get a better playing surface because it helps the product a Scottish game. Um, that today wasn't up to standard at all, was it? No, and I think it's, it's you know, I, I always don't really like commenting on the pitch too much because there's 22 men on their two sides. They're both playing on the same pitch. So I, I, I do get it. And look, and I think when they're playing with kind of three big burly centre-backs, they're not going to be playing much football on the on the deck. So it probably suits them. So, so that's probably the lens I would take on it. I think we did try and mix things up a bit. I think at the start, we looked to lay the ball in over the top a couple of times very similar to the way that we released Dessas against Ross County. Mm-hmm. That ball sort of from Tavernier diagonally into, I guess, your traditional number nine uh, position. Um, once we realised that, I guess, those defenders were swallowing that up, I think we then tried to switch it up, get it into feet, and and, and that sort of moved us in nicely towards the Diamande goal, which was an absolute cracker, which I'm sure we'll t- touch on. Um, but I think once we started getting the triangles moving in the centre of park, Look, there was always going to be a bobble. It was going to bang off a knee, maybe one every four times or three times. But once we managed to kind of combat that a bit and, and play a bit more securely, I think we started to unlock them. It was a terrible pitch. And yes, for, for the sake of Scottish football, we, we need to be improving these uh, these pitches because, you know, the injuries that we've had this season, um, I think it's, it's been a particularly bad season for injuries for us. And, and it won't help us playing on pitches like that, for sure. Aye, definitely, definitely. Um Rumour had it that St Johnston had trained on it all week, so, so uh, I think it was yeah. pretty much done on purpose, to be fair. Um, Dean, on to the, the first half, there was a, like a slow start of the game. There's a lot of fouls, obviously. Ross was talking about the picture. Um, on a 36 minute, uh, Mohamed Diamandigo came from absolutely nowhere. Um, good play by Lundstrom getting the ball in. Um, he takes a touch. And just smashes it past the keeper. Um, what was your thoughts on the goal? Well, as soon as he scored that, I was just like, "That's that's why we're you know going to be paying big money for him." That's why we made uh, we, we made that signing in January when a lot of fans were going, "Well, we need a striker, we need a right winger, things like that." Whereas one thing we've lacked for a long time is goals from midfield, from outside the box, is somebody you know just taking a touch and bang. Couldn't have hit it any sweeter. 
you know, I remember when Glenn Kamara scored against Leipzig and from outside the box and it looked like his head was going to explode because he didn't know what to do with his settle. Do you know what I mean? So, like, right. having somebody in the team that's actually just got in the ball, probably more left-footed than right-footed, but pretty good with both. Couldn't have hit it sweet and you're just like, that's why we're paying the big money for him. You know, there's a re- that's that's pretty much settled it f- for me, like. Um, I, I, I couldn't have hit any better. Yeah, um, great right, Stevie, on to you. See, sort of midway through the first half, Todd Cantwell takes by a hard tackle. He's getting mm. some treatment, and then the next minute, you see Clement pulling Cortez over. I can't remember who the other player was, but there was two of them speaking to him on camera. And then you see your wingers sort of switch positions. Yeah. Scott Wright goes over to your left, Cortez goes over to your right. What's your thoughts on? the first goal and kind of wee tactical tweaks, things like that come on, making, do you think that's um, brilliant, it's just, it's so fluid I mean, we'll change it quite regularly um, and it's brilliant, I mean, think back to like great teams I've seen at Ibrox, like all position in Europe like Valencia in the late 90s they've done that, they switched it, they switched it like we were like, we're chasing shadows Um, the fact that he changes it in the game is really positive, like he sees it not working I'm going to change it, I'm going to put you there and they just respond to him Um, and I Todd's getting absolute dogs abuse every game just now, but I don't know. He seems more focused. No, doesn't seem to like bother him. I know he subbed him pretty early today, but Lawrence is obviously been doing well. But yeah, um, just that wee tweak, you know, in-game management is really key. Um, I, I, I'm, 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 I'm so impressed. With it. I'm sure he's all the same, but it's like sometimes like, I wake up in the morning, I'm like, is Clement actually here? It's like he's done such a good job. It's like you know, everything's in place. No, he got over the top of it, but. Yeah, see, even when we played St. Murn a while back, I noticed um, St. Murn brought on, it was the end of the match, they brought on uh, a six foot winger, it was James Scott, I think he's named, um, and they parked him right on Ridvan and come mm. on, noticed it, and just took Ridvan off and put Barisic on. We yeah. things like that are, it's yeah. so simple, but it's so effective in it. Aye. Yeah. No, he knows exactly what he's doing. Top man. Aye, 100%. 100%. So, Tom, won't he? Um, end of first half, we go in 1 0 up. Um, how were you feeling at half time? Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's getting sort of the vibes of when of the 55 season, and that when we're going to go up, we're, we're not looking, um, we're not looking as though we're going to concede that they, you know, we look, we look like 1 0. Well, I mean, one nil's never enough, as we saw at Ross County the other night. But you get that feeling when we go one nil up, things are pretty good, and we're going to just see the game out. And we'll probably get a second and a third. Um, but yeah, there's, there's just a calmness about the team. I think where we're going to get the job done. Game against Aberdeen a couple of weeks ago again, when it went to one all, we'd not had a sniff. We scored right on half time. I personally wasn't panicking. I thought mm-hmm. we're going to get the job done here, we're going to get it over the line. And as I say, that's the same sort of feeling I had when we won when we mm-hmm. won at 55. Um, a lot of the games weren't maybe pretty on the eye, but we were getting the job done. Um, and especially up at St. Uh, St. Johnston, it's never a, never a pretty game when we play up there. I can't remember the last time we've really gone up there and, you know, gave them a bit of a spanking. It's always a working clothes on, get in the trenches and get the job done. And it was pretty much the same today. But getting that first goal is crucial. 
Um, and as I say, we just seem to be a lot more calmer when we yeah. do get in front and it's composure, there isn't anxiety in the stands anymore. Just got this composure about them. It just it yeah. comes from the stands. Like we're confident, they're confident. It's like like you say, at half time I was sitting there about falling asleep. I was like, this this is three points. We've got to get another couple of goals. We'll be fine. What do you think brings that, that belief then? Do you think it's the manager? Do you think it's the, the relationship between the, the players and the manager and the trust in the system that he's playing and, and the knowledge that we will keep creating up till the end? 100%. It's a repetitional process. They, they do the same things. Like you just said there about the, the Aberdeen game and the Ross County game, right? We've got pegged back. But keep playing our game. We've got better players than these teams. You know, they know what they're doing. They know their system. They trust the coach. Everything about the structure just now is like really good. Um, and I definitely feel don't like the supporters. I, every every player knows their role. Um, mm-hmm. they, they take someone out and get replaced and they just do the same job. There's no, you know, the performances aren't dipping. Um, like I say, you take someone out, someone replaces them and he does he does a job. Um, even, mm-hmm. I mean, we go back to Scott Wright. For me, he's not a starter, but later on in games, when there's a bit more space in behind and whatnot, He's a, he's a useful player to have with his pace. Um, you again, could just keep going right for Hamden alone, couldn't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he, like I say, he, he comes on and he gives us that little bit of an outball, um, Rabi Matondo to to similar sort of extent. But yeah. I just think every player knows what we're doing. They're trusting the manager and, and they're trusting each other and um, wins. Breed confidence, and yes. we're on a we're on a very good one at the minute. So that oh, as well. Like so many of those players that you've just mentioned are becoming more and more focused and consistent, and it's you can yeah. see it. It's just it's such a and difference. And I think the other side of it as well, we're getting a lot of players back from injury, so we are sort of getting set a settled side. I mean, you take out sort of the left back situation, Suter and Goldson are beginning to play a lot more games together now with Tavernier and Butland. You know, championship-winning teams are, are built on strong defences. You know, mm-hmm. and Tavernier, Goldson—they've got their critics, but you know they've been there and done it. And we still are two, probably two best yeah. defenders that we have. And Suter is coming onto a game as well. So that, just that stability, just just yeah. it just goes through the team. And uh, yeah, definitely, hundred percent. Half percent. Um, moving on to second half, Ross. Um, do John Sterling comes on at half time for Scott Wright. Um, yet in our position, do John Sting, the only place he's not played up front. Um, do John Sterling comes in at half time. Um, Todd Cantwell folks folks across into a box for about three yard, yards out. Sterling gets quite a, a faint header on it, just flashes wide a post. Um, what was your thoughts on Sterling and in his next new position today? <laughs> Look, I think um, just, you know, we've touched on it a few times about championship winning teams and, and you know, you, you take Rangers out of it and you look at other very successful teams that there's been in the past and there's always players who have been an industrious, trustworthy, um, versatile player who can play a range of positions. And I think, you know, arguably Balogun did it for us when we won the league. I think he put in some great performances at right back. I think he stepped into centre midfield a couple of times and really, you know, earned his corn there. And I think having the ability and strength and determination of a player like Sterling to come on, he very rarely gives the ball away. His 
his speed is underrated. You know, it must be terrifying for defenders to have him running at you. Um, I think he's 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 he played phenomenal when he was centre midfield. I think he's probably quite unlucky to be to be sort of overlooked at that position at the minute because when he's put on the jersey and played in that area, he's, he's never let us down. Um, and look, it's another great option to have. Clearly, it's something that they've worked on in the past. I think probably about six weeks ago, I can't remember who we're playing now, but he played left wing. Um, and, you know, maybe it didn't quite work out the way that they'd wanted it to. But look, it's an option. We did it with Joe Aribo, where Joe Aribo was able to play out on the, the right-hand side and offer something slightly different. Um, so, so look, really, really impressed with him. I think he's a very, very solid footballer and I, I think he's only going to get better. So from a recruitment point of view and a player trader model point of view, then, you know, he's clearly had a great academy education and knows how to play football at a high standard. So it can only be an asset to the team. And as I say, having that versatility and trustworthiness that he can play anywhere, really, um, if needed, then then it's it's only an asset to the team. I look forward to seeing his development over the, the, the coming years. And I think, you know, if we can keep hold of him and, and keep nurturing him, and um, he's going to be a, a top, top player for us and potentially even a, a sort of a, a, a tavernier um, replacement in, year, in years to come. And, and that, that, that could well be the case. I definitely, definitely. Just, Dean, staying on, do John Sterling, do you think that when he does move on, um, if we can, I'm trying to think how I'm going to word this question, if we keep using him as, in as many positions as we are now, do you think that's going to be the reason he moves on? Or do you think potentially if Tavernier moves on, does he automatically move into right backs? Up? What's your thoughts on it? It's quite a tough one, and I'll t- tell you why. Two completely different right backs. So the way that we've played football for a number of years now, we're, we're quite reliant on Tav, you know, up and down that right wing, coming in at the back post, scoring big goals and big moments. Still in that type of defender to do that. I don't know, but I think he's probably more solid defensively than Tav. So, you know. You know, Rangers could potentially change our tactics, but in terms of selling him on, I do think that he, if I mean, so he can play anywhere across the back three, can play in centre midfield now with his right wing, left wing. I don't know, is there any, is there anybody else in Scottish football that's as versatile as him? And that's, do you think it's adding value on him? Like, yeah, as I was just going to say, because of that. You know, the way that football is getting played these days, and he's probably using his uh, Pep Man City as an example, the way that he has players that he signs that are played in certain positions, but then he's able to adapt them to play different positions. And that's kind of what Clements have to, had to do with Sterling and utilise his ability, as Ross said, the good education in academy football and playing football at high standards. He's got a good football and IQ. He knows how to play the game. And it's yeah, I, I reckon if we if we get two, three full seasons out of him, I think we'll be doing good. To be quite honest with you, and he will make us a pretty penny. I'm pretty sure of that. And again, he hits the homegrown English box for European um, squad registration as well. So that's another um, massive factor for English Premiership and value. Sorry, I never even thought of that. That's a good point. Aye, so aye, he's, uh, he's, he's a, a diamond in the rough from Michael Beale, to say the least, isn't he? Aye, definitely. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> uh, 
Stevie, staying on Dujon still, and obviously um, this penalty kick that he wins is um, clearly taken out of the game by Considine, who does not get anywhere near the ball. Um, the referee can't seem to make a decision on it. Camera goes to the ref, and you know, he kind of it looks it looks like a wee boy. It's lost his mum and dad in a shop, didn't it? <laughs> Just completely. <laughs> I was so baffled at it. It's, that it's, 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 it's not real. What, what was your so, thoughts so, on Ellen getting I, into this position just, in the first place and a referee? Yeah, I mean, a clear view, but to me, this is just getting worse Like as a result of VAR. I'm not just criticising VAR, but referees are just want to take less and less responsibility because they know they've got the backup, but obviously then the backup isn't really proven to be efficient. We're going to have this conversation. Well, the referees should just like right, that's a penalty, blow your whistle, and then if they want to challenge it, then challenge it. But you can see, I can see it. I mean, there was no doubt it was a penalty. I don't know why it had to take so long. Um, but yeah, it's like I say, I think the referees are just since it came in last year, they just seem to almost not be scared, but they just they know they've got that in the background. So it's like, oh, don't make a decision. I'll get the the word in the ear, then we'll make a decision. Whereas just, just you know, go for it. Just do your job. But yeah, it's a definite penalty. Still, and we were saying that eventually taking it right back. Um, you know, like in days gone past, defenders or sorry, attackers would move back the way. I think Tav's got to end up at centre for it. Days got to end up at right back. He's just like good a finisher. Aye. <laughs> no. I, I just, I, you know, we're that good. We're that much better than these other teams. We shouldn't have to like worry about referees. You know, we're going to get the job done. But stuff like that today. If it's a tight game, last minute, you know, you, I suppose they got the decision right in the end, but yeah, very poor for the referee. Should have got it right first. Aye, it was, it was, it completely baffled me to be honest with you. Um, so obviously Tav steps up, takes his penalty, sticks in the top corner. Well, great, I think he goes to a lefty keeper for the righty the keeper. No, it's a lefty keeper for the first one. Um, clearly converts, kind of. It's becoming a norm seeing Tav hit these kind of quality of penalties, isn't it, Stephen? Oh, it's just clinical. I mean, I think I've seen him miss about, I don't know, three or four in the whole time he's been at Rangers. He's just he's such a clean striker of the ball as well. You know, he makes his mind up well before he gets to that penalty spot where he's gone. Um, yeah, just very consistent with that. I mean, it's, I mean it's, a, it's a test of character when he's, I think there's a couple of matches this season, he stepped up, hit one, missed it, and then he's had another chance face spot and he stepped up and he's converted yeah. Um, ah, he's definitely grown into the role as a captain because it was a few years ago. I remember he put something out in the programme and we we're all going off our head about how he said like, we don't react to the pressure. And yeah. almost since that, that point, Hamlet, maybe. maybe Hamlin at Ibrox, I think it was. Huh? Yeah, aye, because I've, I've got it in follow follow. It was like I saved like the screenshot. I was like, at the time, I was like, God, can you imagine like Richard Goff or somebody like coming away with that? You wouldn't believe it. And the fact that he's, he's come on so much in the last kind of four years, he has he's really grown into it. A lot of respect for him. Aye, definitely, definitely. Um, Tomo, moving on. Um, there wasn't much flow to begin the second half, obviously. Sterling's foul needed reviewed by VAR, got a penalty. Um, Cyril Dessers comes on. Um, goes through on goal, one-on-one. I think he does it twice, actually. And misses yet again. What's your thoughts on this guy and how do we... Use him going forward. Do you think he's clinical enough? Do you yeah. think he's got it? Like, what, what's your general feeling on Dessers? I'll go over in the panel on this, by the way. Yeah, he's. I'll be honest. He's he's grown on me. Um, 
after the Celtic game, I was pretty much done with him. I thought he can, you know, if someone wants to just give us, you know, a couple of cans of iron brew or something, uh, well, not off you go, man. Off, off you go, I'll drive you to the airport. But certainly since the winter break, he seems to be a lot more mobile. He's bullying defenders more. First half of the season, he was just getting any time a ball was coming up to him, he was falling on his backside, just getting bullied by defenders. But I think even in today's game, you saw a bit of a difference when he came on for Silva. There was a couple of times a ball just over the top and he had that pace to get, I mean, playing against 60-year-old Andy Considine, like, but he's, uh, he's, he's got the pace to get away. And the, the first chance he missed... He's gone through, he's done everything right. Probably should have took the shot, but he's tried to go around the goalkeeper. And you can maybe say it's good defending from the defender, no giving up. But he needs to he needs to be putting these chances away. I mean, the game against Ross County again, he, he could have had seven or eight. And he, he's probably put away the two hardest chances that he had. Um, I think he is going to be very important for the rest of the season. It's going to be between him and Silva. For that, you know, that number nine rule, um, pretty much discounted Kamar Roof now. I, I don't think we'll be seeing him again. And even if we do, you know, how how long does he how long does he last for? So I think we need to give him we need to give him the support. And I think he will score a few important goals. But it's just that clinical side of things. Um, I, I said it in a group chat with my pals. I'd be more concerned if he wasn't missing chances. He's there. He doesn't go hiding. And, you know, if he misses a chance, he'll be there for the next one and the next one. And you can't say fairer than that. As I say, I think he'll he'll play a big part between now and the end of the season. Aye, definitely. Ross, me and you have already kind of touched upon Dessers when we've had a chat. Um, what's your feelings on him? For me, there's, it's the element of frustration with him. They, there's 23 shots in target air night. I don't know how many how many of them Dessers had, but there was a few kind of clear chances against Ross County that he should have finished, in my opinion. It's good that he's getting in the positions, but I just don't feel as if he's clinical enough to be a Rangers number nine. What's your thoughts on him overall? Yeah, I think, look, as a underlying statement, I think that's absolutely fair to say. I, d- I don't think he's good enough to be a Rangers number nine. Maybe we've been blessed with some phenomenal strikers in the past you know you think of your Yelovich's your Persos and and people like that who were did have that ruthless clinical nature about them that you know they didn't need to beat two three players and stick it in the net they're just well here and I think with Dessas that's probably what he needs to do a little more get the shots away quicker um not try and be the the, the sort of cheeky uh finishes like the the goal he scored uh I think it was against Hibbs um when he just slid it in the, 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 the keepers near post um Look, the chances today, uh, the first one, I think, very reminiscent of the one against Celtic that you, you mentioned, Tomo, where I think we all kind of lost our pints there where we've launched it at the TV or something because, yeah, very frustrating. Um, tries to just go around the keeper instead of probably sliding it in the keeper's near, near hands, you know, left-hand side. Um, and the second one, again, look, yeah, probably he could have done better, get the shot away early, left foot, low hard across the keeper and, and make him make him work. Do I think he's um, going to be an important player for us? Absolutely. And I think he, the reason that I say that is you saw the difference that it, uh, and the chaos that he kind of created when he came on. 
And I think there's one part of it that is he needs to adapt to the way that Rangers play. But I also think the players are now adapting to the way that he plays a bit more. So he likes to, I think at the start, he was trying to come short a bit more like that sort of a, a classic big burly number nine, like a Giroud, a hold up type player who, right. or a Lukaku who'd lay it off to the wide men. But I think what we're seeing is now that he actually likes to play on the shoulder a bit more. Um, and look, yeah, he definitely has a burst of pace. I think it's probably an unfair um, race when you're, when you when you're, you know, going against Andy Considine and, and McGowan at the back. But at the same time, look, he definitely created some headaches for them at the back. And touching on the Ross County one, as I think we, we mentioned it the other day, if you'd have said at the start of the game, Dessel scored two goals in the first half, you'd have taken it. So, and I think it's very easy to look back on great strikers in the past with roast into glasses. I think of Chris Boyd and people like that who probably had to have two or three misses before he put one in the back of the net. But he got in the, that area. Um, and he used to stick the ball away. So, look, I don't think he's the finished article. I certainly don't think he's he's going to be the main man come summer. I think we'll definitely look to refresh that area a bit, especially with Silver going out and probably Roof as well. Um, but he's an option, and I think he'll be a key option between now and the end of the season. I think he, he gives us something different. Yeah. Aye, definitely, definitely. Um, Dean, you, mate, you text me earlier on saying the key by note Desel's hit a bar in the lead-up to the second penalty. When he's coming on, he is making some degree of impact, whether it's a good impact or a bad impact, that's up for debate. But what's, what's your thoughts kind of overall on him? Well, um, I think since Clement's come in, he's won one goal in every two, there or thereabouts. So that's an improvement to obviously before. And I mean, to be honest with you, under Beal, I don't think the players even knew what tactics they were meant to be playing because there was just no, there was no organisation. They weren't talking to each other on the pitch under Beal. Clement comes in, um, so I said his rules change. He's playing on the shoulder. He knows what he's doing. He's getting in the right positions. He's just, he's just, he's just not clinical enough to. And I think part of his problem is is the 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 cost of him four million pound. Now four million pound signing for us is the same as it was twenty year ago. Four million pound signing. You're still your four million pound striker. You want it to come in, and you want to be doing better as to one in every two, aren't you? And especially when you're chasing league titles. But now we see me be playing a wee football that we're not like like before under Gerard. You know, it was Morelos that we were relying on to get the goal off, whatever. I don't think we're as reliant on our number nine now to to actually get the goals because. We're scoring from anywhere on the park, so as long as he's getting in the right positions and he's scoring one in every whatever it is, those goals will contribute to the success that we have for this season. And his problem is he just fluffs under pressure too much time, and he fluffs it. <laughs> and it's, that's it's just I think it must must just be a confidence thing. The less time he's got, the more clinical he seems to be, and today kind of proved that. Um, he hit the bar and lead up to the second penalty. So if he wasn't in that position, we would never have got the second penalty, albeit the game was already won, but he was in the right position to have that chance. So the more we're Rangers, we're going to get an abundance of chances every game. So he's he it's not as if he's going to be hoping for one or two sniffs here and there. We're going to be presenting on the chances. So he he'll he'll get goals. And and as I said, We'll score from everywhere else, so I'm um, I'm confident that that we'll do well with what we've got. I think just just on that one, mate. So just thinking about it then, because clearly when we've got the European games upcoming, 
we've got the the old firm in uh, the start of April. Do you think is the worry there that Silver he's not prolific? Um, Dessers needs one in four to score. So I, I think your point on the goals coming elsewhere are very valid. But is that through our choice, or do you think it's because he's just not bagging, so the other guys having to chip in? I buy both, to be quite honest with you. Um, and I'd, I'd probably go to say that Clement will maybe choose Silva in those types of games. Um, Silva seems to be a lot better bringing others into play as well. So, therefore, maybe be able to create chances for other players because he's not, as you said, pro- prolific mm. himself. And bringing Dacers on in games, um, you know, maybe the game's a bit stretched. I don't know, but hi, it's, it's, a, it's a tough one. It's a bit of an enigma, but um, I think he'll probably start solving the bigger games, to be quite honest with you. I think, I think we need, I mean, it's it's started happening the last few games, but we need the likes of Cantwell starting to chip in and getting getting more goals from midfield. Diomandi today, Lundstrom, hopefully, and then hopefully McCausland and Cortez can add to their numbers. But we... Uh, you know, if if you're going to be winning the league, you need midfielders that are going to be getting close to double figure yeah. goals. You know, um, are chipping in regularly. They're doing um, that. You watch all the attacks. There's so many men in the box. We've got yes. midfielders are flooding yeah. it. For years yeah. gone past, yeah. under Bill it was like a striker and nobody near him. Whereas now it's like yeah. three, four guys just there waiting. You know, it's really positive. Um, yeah. Dessers for me though, um, I, I think. We're saying he's no clinical. I mean, yeah, you're right. But at the same time, some he's, I don't th- I don't recall a striker for Rangers who can finish as well as him and then miss the chances he misses. You know, you're usually great when you're completely rubbish. But he's he's both like you say he's an enigma, he kinda is, but some of his finishes have been yeah. sublime. Um and I think the way he's been rotated with Silver Silver's a crack, but to me, again, he's still very early. He's only played about half a dozen games, so he's gonna get better between the end of the season. So I think that's why he's rotating the both of them and getting them both minutes. Um, mm-hmm. But now I'm, I'm really confident with with Dessers. And I think when you guys mentioned that he, he was carrying injury when he signed, um, mm-hmm. and he, again, you know, he's improving, improving. I know he's still missing like the day, but he's getting better. And Silver's going to be the same. So especially European games, I think they're a different kettle of fish in Europe as well. Like teams are scared they play like Dessers, so you know, we can mm-hmm. go deep into the Europa as well. I think the biggest tool in Dessers' arsenal is the. I mean, the pass against PSV for Matondo at mm. home. Lovely. Um, mm. he's, he's passing on a counter-attack could be that's probably the biggest asset he's got in my eyes. Like you said, Stevie, scores goals that you wouldn't expect him to score. Yeah. I don't he's think a, so. There's a hint of Kenny Miller about him, isn't there? When he's got time in the ball, he's, he's awful. Think, yeah. But even he's going in Bess, that was phenomenal. And then I saw a real, Aye. before he came to us, they showed his Europa goals a couple of seasons ago. See him in the summer, the Rangers review. I'm sure it was they done an interview with Ronald De Boer on Danilo and um, Dessers, and he he said, I'm sure it was something along the lines that Dessers is probably averages maybe a a four or something, but now and again, you'll get a nine and a ten. And I think he said something like Danilo's maybe a six or a seven consistently, maybe not. Accurate, but there are yeah. thereabouts, and it was absolutely bang on with the, with the you know his opinion on on Dessers anyway, like because it's for sure that 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 pass to Matondo. I mean, if Kevin De Bruyne is hitting that pass, the whole yeah. world's talking about it. 
Do you know? Um, so he's he's got that and he's got that and he's and he's Arsenal. He's got he's absolutely got that moment of brilliance that just um, is like wow. He's and then he, and then he goes and fluffs it when he's got too much time. It's crazy, isn't it? So I'm much to for the next three months, you know, we've got the league to go for, potentially Scottish Cup. I mean, you know, if he's a top scorer and we go on and achieve more success, you'll be there next year. You know what I mean? If he's going to be a key part of that, that's going to build his reputation greatly. So I hope he does it. Yeah, I'd it. just add on that as well. I think his his um, his determination, having missed one or two, to continue yeah. the hard work, continue getting in the areas, he, he doesn't seem to be knocked back. Maybe he's just used to missing, I don't know. Um, but, he, you know, I think he, he, the fact that he's very determined, wants to really put in a shift, gets very frustrated when he misses. He does care quite clearly. You could even see, I think, we were 3-0 up and the ball had gone out for a throw-in. And he'd missed one 15 minutes before and you could see him sort of really still quite frustrated about it. He almost seems to spur him on more, which is always quite a good thing to see, that he's not just going to, you know, head down, sulk. He wants to get stuck in and, and make, make amends for it, which is which is commendable. You know, it makes me it makes me um wonder what what it would have been like if the internet was around when uh, when Ali McCoy was playing because I, I grew up watching him and Ali missed some sitters. Do you know what I mean? Oh. But he'd be there for the he'd be there for the next one and bag the bag the yeah. winner in the eighth minute. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not I'm not saying Dessert is on McCoy's level or anything, but it, it's a sign of someone that that they're just there. That they, right. they keep coming back. They don't let my head go down or pass the buck, we just, yeah, we just, we, we just keep coming and sooner or later we'll get the rewards. Aye, definitely. So, Tavernier steps up, scores a second penalty, um, wraps up his three points, back down to Glasgow. Um, you were in the panel quickly for a man match, I thought Mohamed Diamande day, I thought mm-hmm. he started, he started life at Rangers was a, for what we've seen he was, a wee bit ineffective in my opinion and, and the kind of cameo appearances we've seen him off the bench. I don't know if that's fair or not. But I think today today he arrived, they scored that great goal. I think he's a box to box midfield. I think somebody actually put in the group chat that this this is the impact Sifuentes should have had. <laughs> um so I Ross, who's your man of match? Uh, I, I think Diamande had a, a cracking game. I think he's only going to get better. And for a first 90 minutes performance and a first start, you know, you couldn't ask for a lot more. And, and look, yeah, there was times that the ball was bobbling about. It's going to take a while to get used to the Scottish pitches and climate and the way that the football's played up in up in Scotland. So uh, I think he did really well. I'd actually give it to John Suter today. I think he was. Uh, I think he was tremendous. I think he. I would say Colton was was very good as well, given the, the stick that he's probably had recently. There was a couple of times in the first half the ball went up in the air and I think we all kind of thought, oh, no, 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 not again. You know, looped the ball over the top. Um, but, yeah, John Suter for me. thought he was tremendous. And he's really grown into that shirt. We keep him fit. We're, we're on to good things. I definitely. Dean, what about you, mate? Dio Mandy for me. Um, I think Todd Cantville got it. Um, Rangers TV or one of the... I'm sure I read that Todd Campbell's man of the match. But you're saying John Suter, you know, and so that just kind of just shows you how good a team performance it actually was, that there wasn't, you know, one standout, you know, really there was a lot of players had a, had a good game. And what Ross just said there, first full 90 minutes, 
Scottish football away to St Johnston on that pitch and the guide never looked out of place at all defensively, centrally attacking, he was he, he just he looked like he'd been playing playing for us for a wee while you know, um, first of all 90 minutes just breezed it, yeah he was, was good for me, as I said that goal was just top drawer um, and I've, there's plenty more to come from him, pretty sure of that Aye, definitely, definitely. Steve, I'd have listened to you, that pod you sent me all night, um, <laughs> the one where your top five football matches, I know mm. you, were, you spoke about Palmer, Rangers oh, and Palmer in that match. Yeah, that was amazing, yeah. Um, see all your Rangers teams you've seen, I just yeah. want to ask you this question, where does this team potentially rank where you is this a proper Rangers team we've got, and who's your man in match? I think, you know, we're obviously really early days, but it's very promising. This Rangers team to me is going to be better than Gerard's team. I think there's this, there's enough there. You've still got the kind of spine of that team, but the guys nice. he's signing like Dio. To me, I agree. I thought Dio was man of the match today. He was um, he was just so composed. He was like his positioning was great. He just he was everywhere. Suter as well. And you're saying he's fit the jersey's busting out that jersey. I don't know what he's been in the gym, but he's done mm. an absolute unit. Um, but yeah, I think we're obviously we're no. We're not unlike like the late nineties team or what or anything like that yet, but you can see the potential. You know, they've got a lot going for them. Great structure, great young players. Um, but yeah, I'd agree with you as man of the match today. Aye, definitely. Um, Tom, what about you? Just last last thoughts to match and who was your man of match? Yeah, I mean, as as I said earlier, I thought it was a very solid, unspectacular performance. Um, but again, we, we never have that up at St. Johnson. So to come away with a final win away from home, you know, can't, you can't be complaining. Um, I don't think Butland had really anything to do today. Um, the defence was excellent. Um, for, for man of a match, I'd go for Diomandi. Uh, I thought he was excellent, but I totally agree with what Ross is saying about Suter. Um, last few games, he's, he's just been solid. And again today, everything was done with ease. You know, there was no messing about. If the ball needed going, he, he got it away. He was up against second half, especially a couple of uh, pacey forwards, him and Goldson. Never got caught the wrong side, either of them. Um, so, as I say, I think the performance was just very, very good. Get the job done, get down the road, have a week off before we've got, like, Couple of tough games against Hearts and uh, Kilmarnock in the next couple of weeks. It'll, I think, it'll give us more of a test than what we had today. But we're um, we're getting players back from injuries now. There's competition for places, which is a big thing that raises the players' levels, knowing that someone is waiting for their jersey. And um, yeah, I think it was just a very good performance today from from everyone. Aye, definitely, definitely. Before we quickly preview Hearts and wrap up the pod, I want to give a shout out to our captain because James Tavernier scored the two goals today. Johnny McFarlane put a tweet on Twitter saying that that's James Tavernier new equal in goals with John Gregg. Um, I don't think a captain, I mean, a captain's one goal away from being the highest scoring defender in Rangers history. And as a fan base, we're terrible at praising him when he's good. Um, Connor Goldson came out with a statement a while back saying we're not actually going to miss Tav until he's not here so I just want to say well done to James Tavernier on I mean, I've, kind of, I've, 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 said, I've said the same thing for years I, 
I really don't understand the the criticism he gets. You know, when he's gone, trying to replace what he he's brought. I mean, I think we signed him, him and Martin Waghorn for about three hundred grand for the two of them. <laughs> I mean, that must that must go down as quite possibly our 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 best buy in our history, pound for pound. You know, and if we'd had more Taverniers on the pitch over the last four or five years, we'd have, in my opinion, a lot more trophies than what we do have. Um, I think the guy is just a machine, and yeah, like like you say, we won't. We won't know what we've got until he's until he's gone. Aye, definitely, definitely. Ross, right, so Ross, you getting to say on a captain? Yeah, look, uh, time and time again, we watch the stats flash up: 110 goals, 115 goals, 120 goals, three assists the other day. It's very, very hard to th- to say the words that that really actually you know can come close to what he brings to the club. Um, I think both his dependency off the pitch as well has been probably something that has led has has kept us rooted for the past few years. I think there's been a lot of hard times that will have hurt. Um, but yeah, he's just he's just a, a really um, solid, dependable. And I think his defensive side has really come on this year. I know that was a big critical area for him for, in years gone by. But look, I think he's I can't think of a mistake he's made in recent times. To be honest, where he's really let the team down. So. His, for his goals and his assists alone, uh, remarkable to, but to do that as a right-back um, and to have come through the challenges that we've had over the past 10, 15 years as a club and, and understand them all and, and, and kind of keep driving us forward, I think he's, he's nothing short of exceptional. Aye, definitely. Dean, you get any words on him? Aye, um, I think for his, his legacy, he needs to win the treble this year. And... Going into his 10th year at the club, I'm pretty sure it was 2015, Warburton signed him. He's going to have to win the league and a cup next year just to just to really probably cement his legacy at the club and and, and put the naysayers to bed, me being one of them at times, I'll hold my hands up. But you, you can't replace those stats. Same, they're irreplaceable. And as I touched on earlier on, the way that we play, the way that we play football, we're heavily reliant on him because of what he actually brings so what what Goldson said does actually ring true you know we, we won't actually know what we've got until he's gone irrespective of the the lack of medals around his neck you know in years gone by that's why he really needs to win the win the treble this season have then next year you know be a treble winning captain is a big thing at Rangers and you know all the Great captains of years gone by, they've all, the, you know, people you can think of that they've won the treble. It's not been done He's for not, 2003, does that as well. Exactly, so so it's, it, it's been it's been a while, you know. Um, yeah, so, and great servant to the club. Touched on it earlier on, the, you know, the cojones to get up, to score another penalty after you've missed one or the Cohones mm-hmm. take up to score a penalty when you know this is going to get us a three points today that's going to get us top of the league that we've, you know, a league that we need to, to win, you know, so mm-hmm. big moment, say, yeah, never shies away, does he? So, the fact that he's just equal John John Gregg's record, I knew there wasn't much in it, but that's, I mean, John Gregg was, is Mr Rangers, isn't he? So, to have, to have that comparison that that he's that he's now you know equal John Gregg. I mean 
who would have thought that back in 2015 when Mark Warburton signed him? Um, so, yeah, so I think we've got a good chance of winning the treble and he's def- definitely wanting to, wanting to do that himself. And I think he knows he's, he's going to be He's going to be a legend if he does. Stevie, where does he rank in, uh, in terms of captains for you? He's obviously not up there by Richard Goff, but nobody is or John Gregg before my Aye. time. But, um, his middle name is Gregg, actually, my dad. was like his favourite player. But um, yeah, I think he's just he's grown so much in the last four or five years. Um, he's taken on responsibility. And we're talking before about Dessler's not being clinical enough. Tav is clinical. You know, his finish and his consistency, that he is clinical. Um, I think he started off as a striker when he was a kid, so there's a bit of that in his background. But um, no, he's, he's done a tremendous job. But I feel as well, he benefits from strong leadership above him. So he's a good manager in place. Somebody who trusts him, he improves. He, he just seems to kind of take that on for them. And you see it in his performances. Even always the new guys, like, I don't know if you noticed, um, after Dio scored the day, huge hug, like, really celebrating him. It's like, it means a lot. He's got that connection. I think with Clermont, he's got great relationships with the players and Tav's the same. So it kind of goes for, you know, Clermont, captain, players, getting new guys right involved. Um, and that's all positive. So, yeah, he's, if it, well, I didn't want to say treble, but, you know, we're going for the league. Nothing really stopping us in the Scottish Cup, but obviously keep our focus on the short term. But, yeah, if he was to do that, he would be right up there. Aye, aye, definitely. Tom, will you get any words on Tav? Just, just last thing, I think... Um, what Clement has done since he's come in, he's tweaked his role a little bit. Beal still had him and Barisic playing as though it was four or five years ago. We were both bombing up and down the line, you know, basically being the, the, the ones to get those crosses in. Now, Tab's what, he's 31, 32 now. You know, he, he can't be doing the same things he was three, four years ago. Whereas now Clement has, has got him, he's basically picking and choosing. He's runs. He, he's not mm-hmm. that. He's not as reliant on being up that end of the pitch and having to get back and defend. So I think that has really helped him this season. Um, and other players doing a little bit more of a donkey work um, out, out wide and creating the chances. So I think that's been, I'd say, a big important part of Tab's Tab's play this this season since right. since he left. Hey, well. We'll just quickly wrap this up, just to be a, a quick score prediction against Hearts. Hearts are coming on Wednesday night at Ibrox. They're on a bit of an, un, an unbeaten run themselves. Um, they're going to present a, a, a very different, difficult challenge to me, especially since the last time we played them, we need the last-minute winner for Danilo. It was only one of Clermont's first matches in charge, but um, I think it's probably going to be our toughest test since, since we returned for the winter break. Royce, I'll come to you on it. Is that fair to say? Absolutely, yeah. I think Hearts are on real good form at the minute. I think it's probably written in the stars that Shankland will have a say in some way. Um, unfortunately, um, probably wearing <laughs> the wrong shirt, but hey-ho, that's a, probably a conversation for another time. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with 3-1 Rangers. I think it'll be a tight game. I think we'll probably go a couple of goals up and then maybe peg back. Um, and then I think we'll we'll go on and, and take a 3-1. I did call 3-0 today, so I'll, uh, if you've got any uh, bookie slips, send them my way. <laughs> Dean, what about you, mate? <laughs> uh, similar, I think. Um, sorry. 
No, uh, I just think it'll be. I, I think it'll be actually really tight. And um, you know how Ross Kenny had all these chances, and what people have said, you know, there's going to become a game where we're going to just absolutely hammer a team. I don't quite think Hearts are going to be that team. I think it'll be a tight two-one, and I do think Shanklund will score for Rangers. But I'm going for a Dacers double. Cool, cool. Stevie, on you. <laughs> Stevie, what do you think? I think. Um... I've got a feeling McCausland's going to come back in and cause them serious problems down their left. Um, I think it will be a more comfortable than what we're expecting. I'm going to go 3 0. Nice one. Nice one, but optimism. Tom, what about you? Yeah, well, I'm uh, I'm coming up, um, bringing my wee boy up for his first game. Uh, so I'm hoping for a lot of goals from Rangers. Uh, the way we played the last sort of couple of home games. It honestly wouldn't surprise me if, if we win like four or five nil. But Hearts are on a really good run at the minute. Um so I do think it'll be tight. Um I'm gonna go conservative two nil win. Two nil win to Rangers. Cool. I'm gonna go two one. I'm not as optimistic as Arista using my food boys. I think it's gonna be a, a tight a tight game. Probably kind of similar to Aberdeen game at Ibrox, but I, I think we'll be fair, I think we'll feel fairly comfortable about it, but I think it will be a, a later goal. That gets us a win. Um, right, boys, thank you for coming on. It's much appreciated. Thank I you. Hope you've enjoyed that. No, thank you. Yeah, very good. Appreciate it.